Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 431 for Tuesday, the 22nd of December, 2015. Say hi to Jeff. And Hello, I'm Jeff. I'm Robbie. Hey, Rob. I'm your host. Don't call me Rob. Robbie. Only my mom gets away with All that. All right, Robbie. You will get beats, man. All right. Fair. All right. Robbie. I am your host, and incidentally, I am also operating the camera tonight. So Ooh. if I can pull that off, I expect to receive presents. I will see what I can find here in the studio to give you. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> if I hadn't known there was an award show tonight, maybe I would have picked up a little something special. Well, hey. Participants ribbon, maybe? Where are you going with this? You wanted an award. If you could pull oh, off the Oh, that's camera. what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, ribbon's fine. Maybe a trophy. <laughs> All right. What if your prize was going through another celebration of GIMP? 20 years of the GNU image manipulation system, and we're going to be doing our continuation of the GIMP tips. Nice. we got 20 weeks of them, and tonight we're going to be looking at levels on dealing with underexposed and overexposed pictures. Oh, I love that. Should be good times. Very cool. Also, we have plans to do some nifty builds, and if you ever break your teeny drone, we need to be able to replace motors and things like that. Yes. There are some really cool things happening in 2016. And we're going to have to learn how to solder in order to do those things. Ooh. So tonight, Jeff, we're going to start with some really basic stuff. We're going to take a broken pair of headphones and replace the plug. It's just going to get us started so that we All can right. get our feet wet with regards to solder and electronics repair. I'm excited. Hmm. What's coming up in the news, my man? Well, coming up in the news, if I can just switch over here. Bear with me. I don't know if you can. I don't think I can. Hold on. It's the button right there. There we it's go. It's the big button that here, says news. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's going to be one of those shows, isn't it? It is. Yeah, okay. Well, here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Toshiba is cutting nearly 7,000 jobs in an effort to recover some of their terrible profit loss. Facebook has finally switched their video player to HTML5, and effective immediately, U.S. drone pilots over the age of 13 must register their drone. Airplane Skydecks are going to give you the best window seats ever, and Netflix socks pause your video when you fall asleep. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and welcome to the show. It's always a pleasure to hear from viewers, and it's especially neat Absolutely. when we hear from a viewer who uh, maybe we haven't heard from in a long time, uh, maybe we have never heard from. Uh, a lot of viewers watch Category 5 Technology TV, some of our other shows as well. Uh, today, I got an email from Daryl Mills from North Carolina, and okay. uh, he was having trouble with uh, the RSS feeds. So right. it was okay. nice to be able to hear from Daryl and uh, get those all fixed up for him. So, hey, Daryl. Thanks for watching. Daryl has been watching since 2007. That's like right near the beginning. Right near the beginning. Could be right at episode one. Who knows? Wow. Interesting to hear from you, Daryl, uh, how you heard of Category 5 Technology TV. 
it's always it's always neat when someone starts in season one. You know what Absolutely. what is it that what is it that made you find Category Five? Because when we first started this thing up, it was there was there was not a lot of internet TV. No, there no, was there internet radio. Live three sixty five yes. was big. Shoutcast was a lot bigger than yep. it is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, but video was almost unheard of. So. Yeah, that's true. And especially a show like this. I mean, there are still people doing their, you know, filming whatever's on their screen with the audio in the background, but not a lot of this. Yeah, like uh, screencasts and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so you'd hear their voice and you'd see the screen. But we we've done a lot, uh, a little bit more like TV, I guess. We do it better. Well, I like to think I like so. I like to hope so. <laughs> but th- there's something to be said about good good screencasts too. That's true, and especially when you can really get a, a sense of you know if you're if I'm looking for a tutorial on how to do you know how to use certain software. Sometimes mm-hmm. a screencast is the best way. You don't necessarily need witty banter like you get here at category five technology tv but it is a good time it is a good time (laughs) if you were watching a screencast how could i possibly fly a teeny drone oh i even have like a teeny drone cam now whoa (laughs) that's impressive flying a teeny drone and And opping camera the camera (laughs) wow i know i am very impressive jeff wow Uh, If you want to impress your friends as much as I just impressed Jeff (laughs) and you at home, uh, you you can win a couple of these. We're actually giving away two teeny drones. These are quite literally the world's smallest drone. They fit in the palm of your hand. But what's nice about the teeny drone is that the controller, unlike the drone, has not been shrunk down. So it is a full size and uh, feels like a really good controller in mm-hmm. your hands uh some of these micro drones that are coming out and you'll see them around christmas time the the controller they've shrunk down as very well. small yeah so the, some of them you've got this little tiny thing or sometimes it's op- operated by your your cell phone yes your smartphone yep. i yep. don't really like that because i like the tactile feel yes. the nice thing about teeny drones too is that you are able to really get a sense for flying a quadcopter mm-hmm. even though that thing's teeny uh, you can all of a sudden transition once you've learned well enough and you've crashed this thing a bunch of times. Uh, <laughs> that never happens. It's, it's a very small investment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can get a bigger drone and then you're, you're flying because you've already learned on a teeny drone. So that's yep. cool. I want to give away two of these. And the way you can do that is simply by supporting Category 5 Technology TV and the Category 5 TV network. Uh, Jeff knows all about it. You go over mm-hmm. to patreon.com slash Category 5 and all that we ask is for every week of broadcasting, that's basically every episode of Category 5 Technology TV or every episode of New Every Day, depending on which, which is your favorite show uh, and the other shows that we bring out on a weekly basis as well. Uh, so basically every week, just contribute a quarter, 25 cents. Just nothing. That's, that's, that's the starting point. So, I mean, that's all we ask. And then the first 100 people who participate in that by contributing 25 cents or more will be entered into a draw to win two teeny drones. So you'll be able to race a friend, you'll be able to charge one, fly the other, and uh, they are a blast. Have you been playing with yours? Uh, I have been playing with mine. Uh, we've got, uh, on one of our floors, we've got these pillars, and so I'm trying to fly. Oh, you're getting... In, in oh, between. that's tricky. It's still pretty pathetic, yep. I must say. I don't have very good coordination, but my kids enjoy watching me crash. So The kids love it. Yeah. As a dad, the... The kids just absolutely love watching me fly this thing and crash this thing. Yes. <laughs> you know what happened? I just hit, like, the fan, and it, like, that's how tiny it is. There's so much fun. But uh, fun. 
I went, uh, you know, I learned on the Natini drone, and then I upgraded to uh, to a SEMA X five C dash one. You maybe have seen those on the drone zone, um, and now I've I've got my eyes peeled on an A. Yeah, you showed me that. That looks oh, nice. Praxis just sent out a release yesterday, day before yesterday, on their new Aton quad. It is. It has three flight modes, so you start in um, in like a beginner mode. Yep. Beyond all beginner modes, because it does have GPS, so you can set it and let it fly. There's a button that returns it home. There's a button called air brakes that basically, if you are about to crash, you push that button and it stops. That's awesome. Oh I boy, need that. that is perfect for if you're teaching the kids yes. to, to play with it. Because uh, these these uh, fly really well. They go up to about 80 feet in the mm-hmm. air. So you can, you know, if the kids get a hold of it and gun it, and then dad is like frantically going, no, That's right. watch out for the trees. So having that little uh, air brakes button is going to be pretty, pretty cool. But the Aton has also a gimbal. So you can put your GoPro or your, uh, oh, okay. your SJ Cam, SJ4000 on there. And nice. it does nice video. So you can do video. And then you can remove the gimbal assembly and you can race it. And nice. it goes up to 50 miles an hour. 50 mi- miles? Yeah. <laughs> like 80 kilometers an hour. That's fast. That'll hurt if it hits you in the eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm be careful. <laughs> that's, so that, that's the new Aton from Traxxas. I'm, I'm really keeping my eye on that one. Uh, that's going to be, uh, I think, the next, the next step. You're always looking for the next step. I know. <laughs> I, I hate to make you hooked on something, guys, but these, these teeny drones are where it all starts. It's true. It's true. If you, if you don't think you're going to win, go to cat5.tv slash teeny drones. And uh, you just le- I think what's fun about it is that you learn how to fly, and so you learn that, hey, I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. I can actually fly a quadcopter, then, and because the investment is so small. You, That's right. And, and no pun intended. Because the investment <laughs> is so small, you can start at that, and you can feel confident. I wouldn't go out and buy a $3,000 drone and then no. crash it and lose $3,000. Like, this is something that you can buy for 60, 60 bucks or something like that, right. and you're up and flying, and then you upgrade from there. Right. So you can kind of work your way up. I it's think good. it's fun. It is. So thank you to those who have been supporting us on Patreon and through our various uh, affiliate partners. Mm-hmm. A lot of people shopping for Christmas shopping uh, as well as underwear yep. on Amazon. We appreciate that. Uh, I just picked up a new case on Amazon for this BlackBerry, which, okay. which was donated and, nice. and given to me uh, because I guess somebody overheard that my phone was kind of crummy. And and it also was. that I I basically bash BlackBerry a lot, and so they sent they gave me a BlackBerry and said here give it a try, no no catch here you go give it a try and it actually I'm actually kind of I kind of like it yeah. yeah I don't like the apps their app store the BlackBerry world it, it it's very limited as far as how many right. apps there are but for someone like me who basically uses email Facebook it's it's really all that I need but that's why they're uh, if I understand correctly uh blackberry is integrating into the google play store uh, well i saw that they were maybe working on android are they bringing android to it or do you think well, BlackBerry android 10? uses the google play store so basically you've yes. got the 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 but blackberry app store yeah uh well i don't know about the 10 i don't know what versions it'll be available for but i know they're looking at merging the two so is that the blackberry is failing miserably and they have to find other ways to make money possibly could be blackberry <laughs> Could be Canadian company, uh, but it, it actually operates pretty good, and it's a, it is a step up from what I had. And the battery lasts for a good uh, a good full day. 
Well, it's good. My other one was dying at about 11 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. But I appreciate when uh, when when people contribute those kind of things too, because uh, that that is something that you know I I've just never invested in. But I don't use a phone very much. See, people I use think them that's all the weird because I'm a tech guy. Yeah, and I literally that will stay in my pocket all day long. But see, you love your computers. True. I like my mobile. I am devices. very old school. I. If I had a tablet, I would buy a Bluetooth keyboard so that I could type on it. <laughs> I would find a tablet with USB so I could use a mouse or a trackball. Okay, fair enough. I'm just like that. Yeah, fair just enough. How I am. I am old school. Oh, uh, that's all right. But the phone is good for if you know if the alarm goes off here at the studio, for example. They need right. to be able to get a hold of me. Um, so uh, so that's important. So that that's really what it's about for me: being able yep. to text my wife and tell her how hot she is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah that kind of stuff. Those important things in life. Yeah. Yeah, the really important stuff. <laughs> All right. So yeah, and is that is that what you got for me? That's what I got for you. I I think you're about to say something, and he says so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember. It was one of those brain farts. See where it says Jeff. Yep. No, I'm see. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Patreon. Here we go. Talk about Patreon, blah, 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 blah. And then Jeff. <laughs> it literally says Jeff. It, it does say Jeff. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. That's okay. We can edit that all out. Nobody will ever see that. Uh, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv uh, front slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Okay. Yeah. Now that the viewers know what's next on the list, <laughs> let's talk about... The GIMP. GNU yes. Image Manipulation Program. I love it. It's absolutely free. It is an image manipulation program. It's in the name. So what is that? Photoshop it's an image manipulation program. Yeah. <laughs> it's a program that manipulates images if you want to do it backwards. That's right. <laughs> program yeah, that manipulates images. GNU. Yeah. But you're right. It is a good Photoshop alternative. Absolutely. Uh, and especially for anybody who's running Linux, that way you don't have to do a VM or anything like you that. You say that, but it runs on Mac and Windows as well. I know, but people just have this mindset. If it's Windows, it's Photoshop. And, people and if it's Mac, I just got money to blow. So uh, Pretty much, yeah. yeah so yeah. Why, why bother with a free one when I can pay $1,000? Yeah. That's the Mac mindset. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tonight, we've got week five of our uh, 20 Weeks of GIMP series, mm-hmm. uh, GIMP tips. And that is because the GIMP, the GNU Image Manipulation Program, has celebrated its 20th year of providing free image manipulation software to the community at large. So with week five, tonight we are looking at the Levels tool. You've heard me mention it a few times as we're looking at the GIMP because it's something that I use quite often. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was reminded in the chat room and through email that, hey, we haven't actually really spent any time on the Levels tool. Let's learn a little bit more about how that works and what we can do with that. So tonight we're going to look at how we can kind of correct, very simply using the Levels tool, either overexposed or underexposed images. You Mm -hmm. know what those are. I do, yes. So the overexposed is where everything's really, really white almost. Good example would be a, a selfie where your flash is on. Yes. Right? So yep. your flash goes off, and because it's so close, all of a sudden you're whitewashed. Yes. And the underexposed, you can't see anything. Too dark. Very dark. 
No flash. Poor lighting or your <laughs> yes. flash didn't go off for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you had the wrong setting on your camera and it was like that Kodak moment. But, ah, I missed it because the flash didn't go off yes. or the lighting was poor. Or you know, sometimes it could also be the case where the subject is too far away. You're, yep. you're taking a picture of someone up on the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas time, the kids are doing their Christmas play at the church or, or at school. You zoom in and it's dark up there. It's underexposed because your flash just simply doesn't reach that far. Right. Yep. So with levels, we, can, we can't make the image perfect. Unless, well, you can do pretty good if you've got a raw image, but most, yeah. most uh, cameras, consumer cameras anyways these days, are shooting in JPEG. So it's, it's, it's a lossy process. You do lose quality in the process. However, you can really bring uh, about some improvements to the images. So I've brought up a couple of images here that are available for us uh, to use for free. This is one, for example, that to me looks a little underexposed. It's fairly dark. You can't really see uh, the image too much. And it is artistic as well. Um, so I believe that the, uh, the photographer may have been um, using the darkness as a, a bit of a depressive state for the, uh, for the subject as well. However, we can, uh, we can bring that up in GIMP and, and kind of brighten it up and make it look a little bit uh, more natural as far as the lighting goes. You'll see that this is uh, free for commercial use uh, with no attribution required. Licensed under CCO public domain. Thank you for making that available to us. So I've simply opened this image, Jeff, in the GIMP. And now on the previous episode when we set up our hotkeys, I set up Control-Alt-L, mm-hmm. and that is uh, to mimic the behavior of uh, Photoshop when you press that key combination. However, we can also get there, if you haven't done that yet, by right-clicking, going Colors, and then Levels. So here you see a bit of a spectrum analysis, if you will, of the image itself. So on the left-hand side, we're looking at shadows. On the right-hand side, we're looking at highlights. And you can see that it drops off completely right in the middle, uh, just a little bit to the right of the middle, uh, the, the black line in the spectrum completely drops off. And that means there really aren't a lot of highlights on that end of the spectrum. So by grabbing the highlight triangle here at the bottom, see that I'm grabbing that? Maybe what I'll do is I'll turn on my mouse cursor for you just so that you can see it. I guess you can't see my mouse cursor. That's unfortunate. But So down at the bottom right here is what I'm clicking on. See that triangle? Click there, and I drag this in toward the black line that is dropping off right there. And as I do that, do you see what happens to the image? So here's the original. Now as I bring this highlight in, I'm saying, okay, this is where the highlights start. And over on the left, I've got a shadow triangle. I can bring that into approximately where the shadows start, and that gives me a much clearer, brighter image of the man. Mm-hmm. If I turn off that preview, you'll see instantly that that's the original. That's with the levels enhanced. So now I can take this middle one and I can bring that in toward the shadows and that will brighten it up a little bit because I'm adding more highlights. Or I can move more to the right, which is to add more shadows. See that? So what I want to do is I want to bring it in a little bit to the left. Not overly, because you don't want to whitewash the image. See what happens? Although sometimes what's interesting is you can bring it up high enough that you can start to see objects and items in the background. So if you're trying to see if someone's in a photo in the dark, you can see them uh, by doing something like that. You'll see objects and things in the room that you couldn't see uh, in the original photo. 
especially if it's raw, then you're really going to bring it out. So I can enhance that about, I would say, to there. And that's really brought up the uh, kind of the, the highlights and the brightness of that image without skewing the, the quality of the image too, too much. So if I turn off the preview again, there's the original as provided on the web. And there's my enhanced copy. And all I did was that quick little fix with my levels. Now, these levels are going to be different for every image, and it's all based on the spectrum. So you can almost do it visually based on the spectrum, and that's a pretty easy way to do it. Let's look at another one. Here's a, an obviously underexposed picture of some lilies. You can't see anything in the background at all. What do you think, is, what do you think this is? Maybe lilies on a table? Could be. Looks like a bouquet or something yeah. like that. Uh, you can't tell anything about the room that it's in or where it is. So let's, let's bring that up into the GIMP. And uh, this image, as far as the licensing goes, this one is provided for us, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, share like 2.5 generic. Uh, this is uh, provided by Listig. And thank you, Listig, for providing this. Now, we're not actually sharing the image. Um, we're we're going we're gonna to demonstrate um, this tool, though, Listig. And we appreciate you making that, uh, that available to us. Okay, so there's the picture. Let's bring up our levels tool, same way, and you'll see, wow, that's really underexposed. There's basically, there are no highlights there. In fact, it tapers off before the middle point. So as I start to bring that right highlight triangle in, watch what happens to the image. My flowers start to brighten up, brighter and brighter and brighter. But notice it doesn't really skew the image. Now, if I go, if I go too far, it's going to really... Over, overexpose them, but what do we start to see? Well, you right. see that it's actually outside, it's, which goes yeah. with the previous image that you had in talking about what's seeing and what's in the background. So, I mean, as you went really far to to get rid of all the the, the low lights, you start mm -hmm. to see it looks like trees in the background. So that's a great, you know, great example of seeing what's in the background that you can't. Yeah, good, see. good point, good point. So let's let's grab that now that I've brought this in. I don't want to bring it quite to. Where, the, where it tapers off there. And that's because we're getting really into the, the shadow end of the spectrum here. And I don't want to go too far because then we're going to add a little bit of fakeness to the, uh, to the colorization and to the light. Uh, but I'm going to grab this middle triangle here and I'm going to increase the highlights a little bit more, which in turn decreases the shadows. And you can definitely see that we've got shrubbery in the background. We can clearly see the color of the stems it looks quite nice all of a sudden. See that? So now, once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom in just a little bit on this image because it is a bit smaller. So let's uh, turn off the preview. That's the original. So that's what I pulled off the web, and it is a JPEG. So we're not working with raw imagery here. And let's turn back on my preview after I've enhanced it, and it makes a rather substantial difference. Let's move down a little bit, remove the preview. There's the original, and here's my enhanced version. There we have it. So it makes a huge difference, eh? Absolutely. And so simple. It's something that we can do really, really quickly to any of our images. You want to get the hang of it and never overwrite your master image. So let's say you undersaturate a picture um, that you take of your kids. Mm -hmm. Bring it up into the GIMP, fix it up, but save it as something else. Right. Don't overwrite the original because, one, you might get better at it as time goes on. But, two, technology could improve even further. And uh, we may be able to um, do it in a, a less lossy way down the road. 
that's quite possible. Um, certainly GIMP uh, 2.9, we're starting to see some really uh, big enhancements on, on the quality end of things when, when you make these kinds of changes. So, uh, so make sure you keep a non-destructive copy so we're not overwriting those, uh, those files. Okay. Now, we've got a question from the chat room saying, what are yeah. the auto levels like on GIMP? Auto levels I would tend to stay away from, um, generally speaking, um, but it can be handy as a kind of a quick fix if you're not too sure where to pull the levels. Okay. But it's always better, I think, to, to bring up the spectrum yourself, and then you can slide it and you can gauge how things should be. And a good example would be the next photo that we're going to be working on. This one is, is very overexposed. And the reason that I would stay away from auto levels with this, for example, what do you notice that uh, the asphalt here is pretty much white? Yeah. It's so overexposed that the, it's white. So what's going to happen if I use auto levels on that is that it's going to think that is white. And so right. the levels okay. are not going to be correct no matter what auto levels tries to do because it doesn't, it doesn't have our human intellect to say, no, 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 that's supposed to be asphalt. Makes sense. Right? So when we look at that, we look at it with a different eye. And so auto is just not something that we're going to necessarily use. So I'm going to bring up that particular image in uh, the GNU image manipulation program. And now what we're doing is something completely the opposite of what we've been doing so far. We were enhancing the light. Now we're going to enhance the shadows and bring down the light. You'll notice, though, one of the things with oversaturated photos, and this one is a, a severe case. See the children, for example? There's not a lot of data to their faces because it's so whitewashed that there's, there's no way that we can recreate their faces perfectly. The best thing that we can do is enhance the image, make it look a little bit better, make it so that it prints nicer, mm -hmm. that it displays nicer on the, on the screen. Unfortunately, realistically, there, there's no way that we can, in one fell swoop really quickly, enhance their faces and fix it up. Right. Someone would have to trace over and, and work that really, really hard. Now we're going to do something nice and quick, which is just simply improve the shadows of that photograph. So here we are. So the first thing I want to do is bring up levels, and I look at the spectrum, and whoa, it's all highlights. And not only is it all highlights, but it tapers off before the quarter mark. It's ridiculously overexposed. Over, uh, so what I want to do, now I don't want to bring the shadows in all the way, because if I do that, watch what's going to happen. It's going to create this red hue. It, it has this kind of 80s retro look to it. Not some, that's not going to do the job for us. But what we can do is we can say, okay, well, okay, the the... Highlights and shadows should end around here. This is, you know, the middle point is about here. So I can do that, and we can see that it starts to enhance it a little bit, but we want to try to avoid the fake kind of look to the photo because if you get too far into the shadows, it's going to add kind of a cartoony look to it, and the colors aren't quite right, which we can enhance and fix. But now, I'm see, I'm dragging this middle slider and just bringing that in just a little bit so that I can enhance that a little bit and you can see the greens in the trees are looking a lot better the piano looks a lot more realistic uh, as far as the colors go I want to bring up the highlights just a bit because we're starting to get too many shadows on faces and things and now if I look at that photo let's bring it in a little bit might be good to focus on kind of one area so here's a here's an area here uh, let's turn off the preview 
that's how whitewashed it was. Mm -hmm. See the greens in the background in particular. Uh, the uh, See the lady taking a photo there and the, uh, the clarinet player. If I turn back on my preview, see how they just come out? Right. So it, it, al it, it almost enhances edges as well. The fence in the background, you can really start to see that a lot better. And that is the levels tool, which is... Uh, included uh, in the free GNU image manipulation program. So we can do a lot with it, and uh, you can get creative with it. You can use it to add some some brightness to a photo if you want to uh, enhance. Like I, I use wedding photos as a good example. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's nice to add a little bit of a, uh, a white kind of wash to it, yep. um, and levels can help with that. We can create like a blurred copy of the layer on top, which is something that we'll cover um, down the road. Uh, and then we can set that overlay um, to a certain opacity that will work with it and then enhance the light of it so that it really brings out a shimmer in the photograph. There are different tricks like that. And levels is a, a tool that you really want to play around with because it's going to enhance your photos for you exponentially. And I think that's a pretty good example uh, to show you. So looking back at uh, our underexposed image, let's go back to the gentleman. There's the original. And then our first example was, there is the enhanced copy. That's the Levels tool from the GNU Image Manipulation Program. And you can get that for free at GIMP.org for Windows, Linux, and Mac. Thanks, folks. There Hope you you're enjoying the series. And I appreciate all your emails coming in. You can email me live at Category5.tv. Also, commenting below if you're on YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate that. Make sure you also hit the subscribe button and that little thumbs up. Don't push the thumbs down one, though. That, that one... That one, we don't want. That'll wreck your computer. Don't, yeah. don't do it. It installs viruses. Yes, bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're ready to head on over to the, uh, to the news <laughs> newsroom here. I think I'm frantically spinning around my desktop here trying to find it. It's here somewhere. It That's is. Not, I assure you know what? You. You're, you're doing just about everything tonight. I'm just sitting back and kind of... Did I mention I'm running the cameras? Uh, you have mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at this point, I do think you need that award. This is what happens around Christmas time, is that people take time off. So it's just Chip and I. I could have had time off? No. Oh, okay. Good to know. I had to say that, otherwise you would have up and gone right now. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need to do the news, though. It's important. <laughs> All right. Take it away, my man. All right. It's Tuesday, December 22nd, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Troubled tech company Toshiba is bleeding out around 550 billion yen each year, and it's cutting nearly 7,000 jobs to try and make up for it. Facebook has finally switched over their video, to, uh, video player to HTML5. Effective immediately, U.S. drone pilots over the age of 13 must register their dro <clears throat> drone. Airplane Skydecks are going to give you the best window seats ever. And Netflix socks pause your video when you fall asleep. These stories are coming right up, so don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills. Now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Jeff Weston, filling in for Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories we're covering from the Category5.tv newsroom. 
Troubled Japanese conglomerate Toshiba has said it will report a record 550 billion yen annual loss and cut 6,800 jobs as it uh, carries out some restructuring. That's roughly $4.5 billion U.S. The company, whose products range from laptops to TVs to nuclear energy, is shedding the jobs in its consumer electronics division. News of the predicted losses sent shares in Toshiba down by nearly 10%. The restructuring comes after Toshiba admitted earlier this year that it had overstated profits for the last six years. The scandal led to the resignation of Toshiba's president and their vice president took over as chief executive and president. As part of its restructuring, Toshiba will sell its TV and washing machine manufacturing plant in Indonesia to Hong Kong-based TV maker Skyworth for about 3 billion yen. It's also looking for investors for its healthcare business. The 6,800 job cuts will go on in its lifestyle division, and essentially that's uh, the consumer electronics business, and Toshiba said the cuts would be made by March. Toshiba, which was founded in 1875 and launched the world's first mass market laptop in 18, sorry, 1985. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. Computers in 1885. Computer in 1885, yes. yeah. Uh, anyway, currently they employ around 200,000 people. Its shares have lost about 40% of its value since news of the profit overstatement began to emerge in April. Some of Toshiba's problems go back to the tsunami which hit Japan in 2011, uh, and this struck the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, which operates in, a, uh, in the process of decommissioning. Toshiba has not yet fully calculated the impact of the nuclear disaster uh, on its books. I didn't even realize that they, were, that they ran that plant. I didn't know that either. It was, that was a that, big that's deal. That's a big blow to them, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. See what happens. All right, and from the, oh my gosh, why did it take them so long files, Facebook has finally stopped using Adobe's Flash technology to show video across the entire social network. Nice. Instead, Facebook has developed a video player built around the widely used HTML5 technology. Games on Facebook will still use Flash, but they're looking for ways to change those also. The site is, among, uh, is one among many that have turned away from Flash. Many see it as a security problem because bugs in it are, are, are often exploited by cyber thieves. Daniel Balleg, a front-end developer at Facebook, said the switch to HTML5 had helped the firm speed up the development of its video handling system. In addition, he said the HTML5 video player worked much better with accessibility tools such as screen readers that are used by people who do not see well. By contrast, YouTube made a similar switch to HTML5 nearly a year ago. A U.S. government registration system for Americans who own drones has gone live. New rules governing drone ownership require anyone aged 13 or over who owns uh, one of the craft to add their details to the registrar. Anyone who gets a drone in the U.S. must now register with the Federal Aviation Administration before it goes on its maiden flight. Existing owners have until February 19th to put their details online. The new rules took effect today, so if you're getting a drone for Christmas, make sure that you register. Anyone who does not comply could face hefty fines up to $27,500. Wow. To encourage drone pilots to register, the $5 fee is being waived for the next 30 days. Some people are happy are with their aisle seat, and those who are not, there's a target market for wind speed aircraft Skydeck a transparent rooftop pod that grants panoramic views to two very lucky and very rich travelers when there's nothing good on the movie channel. The sky deck can be carved into the top or ostensibly the bottom of any aircraft, according to the auto evolution. 
The windowed pods are shaped like a teardrop and positioned near the back of the plane to minimize drag, though some tempering of the craft's aerodynamics is inevitable. Having fewer passengers on board, thanks to the extra weight, will help make, the more pal- make this more palatable for other passengers, while the exorbitant cost of flying pod class will ensure airlines still make a profit. The aircraft's sky deck has been in development for over a year now, and there's no word on when it will come into, uh, into reality, but it's sure to make joining the Mile High Club a more singular experience, because we all know someone's going to go there. I would. <laughs> if I was super duper rich, I'd be like, put me in the sky dome thing. That's fair. That's that totally would be, fair. That would work. That'd be very That'd nice. be amazing. Can you imagine being able to see panoramic? That'd be awesome. That would be more than just a flight. That would be that'd be a ride. Yeah, that's true. Like a two-hour ride if you're flying for two hours. Think about flying for. I mean, it must be hugely expensive, though. I, yeah, I would My think goodness. so. I would like to know what the fuel cost is for that drag. And is that in in turn is that going to affect seat prices for the rest of the air? I, in order to put it up there so that rich people can sit there eating their caviar. That's right. They, everyone else's seat prices go up. I can see that. Well, happen, yeah. But while they're getting a panoramic view, they're not watching Netflix. That's true. Which leads us to our next story. Oh. Netflix isn't punking anyone. Netflix socks are real. And actually, they're kind of ingenious. Instead of throwing bags of money at a corny TV commercial, Netflix decided to get creative for the holidays. The company has posted a step-by-step guide for creating Netflix socks. Socks that automatically pause the video on your TV when you fall asleep. So how do the socks work? Well, the socks are powered by the Androni microcontroller. and And, Oh, the uh, Arduino. Arduino, yeah. There Sorry, we go. I threw in a word there that, that was new to you. Yeah, that is a new one to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the Arduino microcontroller and an accelerometer is used to detect motion. When the accelerometer detects that you've stopped moving, an LED light will flash red and send a signal to your TV to tell it to pause the video. Huh. Netflix says the accelerometer is picked for this do-it-yourself project uh, and it can de- detect the subtlest movements so it's good at detecting when you're, still s- when you're sitting still uh, watching Netflix and when you're actually falling asleep. You can stuff the electronics in an old pair of socks, but what's the fun in that? There's 17 different sock patterns that you can knit based on, the Netflix, based on Netflix shows like Bloodline, <laughs> BoJack Horseman, and Daredevil. Oh Love my it. goodness. This is like a team effort. You're very much so. You, okay, I, that is terrible. <laughs> But, okay, I'm going to sit here soldering an Arduino while you knit the socks for me. Here are the, temp- here are the templates. Yes, pretty here much. Here are my templates. They, yep. They've got it all covered. No word yet whether it detects if you're dead. I'm, well, if you stop moving. I guess how, how long does, if Netflix is paused for 20 hours, it figures something's wrong and it pages the ambulance? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. That'll be the next version of socks. Ah, the Netflix socks 2.0 maybe. <laughs> But be warned, you will need to get your hands a little dirty. The project requires a little bit of soldering and programming. (gasps) Convenient, we're covering soldering tonight. As long as you can follow the instructions, you should be fine. Big thanks this week to Scott Jackson, Roy W. Nash, and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a news story you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category 5.TV Newsroom, I'm Jeff Weston filling in for Sasha Dermatis.
Thanks, Jeff. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Got to clear some desk space here because we are going to do some soldering. Awesome. Nice. There we go. Ooh. Okay. Oh, you had a question in the chat room, didn't you? I did? Yeah? Something about teeny drones. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. While we're on the topic of teeny drones, what was the question? So, uh, Bob K 54 went to buy a teeny drone and <gasps> they're sold out. And these things are awesome. And everybody knows it. And that's why they're sold out. Uh, if they are sold out, I'll, I'll tell you what. We have had a, a challenge keeping them in stock. That's Very for much sure. So. Um, but we had a boat land last Monday mm-hmm. uh, in Quebec. And so those are being shipped. Um, so we're going to have stock in the warehouse very, very soon, momentarily. If you haven't seen one yet, make sure you keep checking. Uh, pre-order if you can. Uh, they are coming back. We're just trying to keep up with the Christmas demand. Uh, a lot of them are sold. I won't get into numbers, Excited. but uh, you could say we didn't expect to sell this many teeny drones. No. It has been fantastic. And if you're in the U.S. and bought one, register. They're awesome. Would you have to register a teeny drone? Like, there must be... It's a drone. It's got to be at least two inches. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. Could you imagine registering this with the FAA? Well, do you want to risk? I mean, it's, there's no $5 fee for the next 30 days. So do you want to risk the possibility of a 27 Could you imagine? Fine? Like, compare this to anything. Look at Jeff's mouse. Okay, there's his mouse. There's a teeny drone. It's like... It's little. It's like the button on his mouse. <laughs> I don't know. That would be crazy. Pay $5. <laughs> Until the end of the year. That's right. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to get to soldering because over the course of the next little while, we're going to be doing some more advanced projects. And mm-hmm. so I thought, um, let's get into kind of the basics, the very most basics for those of you who have never done soldering before. And I know it's a little bit intimidating. I was kind of monitoring comments and things around this topic and people asking um, some fairly simple questions about, mm-hmm. you know, if I were to take the, the wires that have disconnected on this device and solder them back together, will it work again? And, and quite often that's the case and we just don't necessarily know how to do the soldering so tonight we're gonna we're gonna cover that for you my son uh, has his headphones and uh, the plug has died and we know that because you plug it in put on the headphones and you jiggle it right here and it's staticky and comes in and right. out right so you can kind of feel the wire and find out where it is that it's broken and then we're gonna cut it um, about you know, a couple of inches away from where that break is, just like that. So now we've got a plug that's dead. We can t- toss that in the e-waste, and then we've got this bad boy here. So it's just a simple cable. Now, you brought an interesting um, soldering apparatus here because I've brought, now I've brought my soldering kit. And that is a kit indeed. Well, it's just, it's my first soldering iron and I've never had to replace it. Uh, This is a Teeny Drones uh, crash kit, by the way. So if you've bought a Teeny Drone and you've crashed it and you've broken one of the motors or whatever, these are the kinds of things we're going to be learning to solder. Um, So there are motors there for Teeny Drones. There are extra parts. Um, Those are the kinds of things that we're going to be starting with and then getting into some more advanced stuff. So what do you got? I've got my my good old school uh, 36 water kind of thing or whatever it is. Yeah, 35 watt. Yep. Uh, that you plug into 110 volts. So I've gone wireless. Um, found these at the hardware store. Runs off uh, three AA batteries. Does it get hot enough? Oh, dude. Yeah. 
Very much so. I'm curious about this because this is this is great. So, but you do have to plug it in, let it heat up for a while. Yeah, and this is pretty much instant. It takes about a second and a half to heat up in order to melt. No. Yeah, it. I'm telling you, it's quick. That's nuts. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna set mine within arm's reach because I don't believe you for a second. Okay. So if we can switch to the little camera here. Sure. So it's. Uh, can you buy these on Amazon? Can people do that through? I have give no, it a try. I have no clue. Soldering tools. Yeah, yeah this is a, this Amazon. is a Weller. Okay. So, but it's just a simple on-off button. Um, now it's not on right now because I have to push down that little black button. But when I do, it's like a childproof safety kind of thing. You'll see the red light comes on. Oop, okay. There we go. Yeah. And right about now, it would be hot enough to. Don't touch it. Don't lick it. Yeah. That's how you can tell if it's hot, if it burns a hole through your tongue. Uh, pretty much, yes. <laughs> Fail-safe method. So let's, let's look at soldering. Um, okay, first of all, is it soldering or soldering? I thought it was soldering. Soldering? <laughs> potato, potato? Really? Maybe? We grew up here in Canada. I, I grew up hearing soldering, with, like as if with the L D. is silent. Yeah. How is the L silent? Uh, what is with Canadianisms? I'm in Canada, and I don't get it. I don't know. It's so always been solder to me. Solder? Solder. Like, like sod is in it's the almost, dirt. It's like comb. Comb Wilkinson. Yes. It's yes. like a, the L is there, but it's not quite pronounced. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. We like to make it difficult. Okay. And then we apologize We'll go with for solder. It. Solder. <laughs> Let's do some soldering, folks. Okay. Tonight, we're going to solder this headphone jack. <laughs> All right. Uh, safety first. Always important because solder could fling up into your eye. I got I got the double glasses going on. This is hold on. There we go. <clears throat> I can't got, see worth anything, but now I'm protected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually got these for when I fly the teeny drone around the kids because at first I was really bad at it. Oh. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't need these for my first so flight. So put these on, kids, just in case, because Dad's going for a flight. All right. So the solder. The solder is like a bendy wire here. <laughs> and the bendy wire is, uh, is going to, you know, this one contains lead. They're, they're starting to uh, not contain as much lead these days because people are aware of their uh, carcinogenic properties and the health uh, dangers to it. This one's 40% lead and, and the nice thing about having lead is that the melting point is lower, so you don't right. have to have a lot of heat. Uh, this one has a rosin core, which tells me that it is made for electronic soldering. Okay, N rosin, not resin? Correct. Okay. Rosin. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that just so that you, you have a little bit of knowledge about that. Um, also, I can tell that this is electronic solder because it says so. <laughs> So that, that kind of helps, too. It's called electronic rosin core solder. Okay, so what does rosin core mean? No clue. Neither do I, so we're moving on. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, there are, there's acid core, okay. which is an awesome rock band. You should check that out. Uh, there's rosin core, which sounds like a planet out of Star Wars. It does, yes. Uh, and then there is resin core. And then there's also no core, which would be really hard to melt. I think you would probably need a welding torch. Probably. If you see that it has a acid core, then it's going to be for um, soldering um, pipework, like plumbing. Okay. Plumbing. Yep. Uh, you don't want to use acid core solder on your electronics because it's actually going to damage, uh, could actually eat away at some of the components. So, okay. uh, so that's where rosin core comes in. Uh, rosin is a tree extract from pine trees. 
Um, and resin is a derivative of that. It's like a purified version of that, or it could also be synthetic so that it's more pure. Right. Um, so with a rosin core, this one is uh, probably derived from, from pine trees. So what does that mean? Well, the sap from a pine tree, for example, is very sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it also um, it will evaporate. So, so they put that in here so that as you're soldering, it will stick a little better than just, say, melted metal. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so the, the core actually helps it to adhere to whatever it is that you're soldering. Um, and uh, so this one being rosin, yours might be resin. Just make sure it's not acid core because that's going to damage your electronic components. And, uh, and I guess I'm not sure of the regulations here in Canada. There are probably places that would say if I'm going to create, build something. Say I was going to make something with an Arduino and I was using this solder because this one has 40% lead, I might not be allowed to to sell that right. product okay. because it has more lead than is acceptable by the regulations, right. I guess. So for this purpose, um, I can use it here. And because this is my child's headphones, I might even consider going with a lead-free uh, alternative solder right. because then you don't have that carcinogenic compound on the headphones in this particular case now i've picked these up on amazon uh, and it's just a little five pack of gold uh, jack uh, plug replacements Um, you can see that there's a sleeve that goes over top so i'm not concerned about the the lead because um, it's going to be encased within this and it's going to be safely enclosed until he opens it and puts it in his mouth (laughs) because that's what kids do okay so you can see how the internal components work, but let's uh, let's pull apart these wires and get inside. Now we've got just a standard wire stripper. I don't know how much is this worth, Jeff. Uh, it was about ten bucks. Ten bucks, okay. Yeah. And you could probably you know pick one of these up anywhere. It cuts the wires, as you can yep. see. And then we just uh, get our wire in there and give it a pull. That's a little bit too big. Find the one that's the right size. There we go. And what that did is it stripped away the outer. Uh, casing of the wire, which is there for protection. There we are. So each side has two different uh, wires. There's a colored one that's in a, uh, a sealed wrap, and there's a, uh, a ground, a neutral as well. So the, the neutrals can be placed together. Uh, the other ones are, are left and right. Red typically is going to be right. I guess it helps that it starts with R. But that's probably just a fluke. Maybe intentional. You never know. This this one has blue and red, so red is uh, is most likely always going to be um, right. It could be different though, and you can always test it to find out uh, whether it is or not. Let's get let's see if this stripper is going to get into this. This is a really tiny wire. Really itty bitty. It's not even going to be small enough. Probably not. Is this where we use our teeth? Can we use our teeth on international TV? Uh, don't do this at home, kids. Look away. <laughs> Should have brought... What uh, you are about to see is not recommended for children under 18. <laughs> Notice I have not applied the lead yet. I have noticed that. Okay. So you kicked the lead-eating habit? <laughs> Let's see... Okay. There we go. So I've just uh, kind of revealed the uh, the wire underneath. Here we are. Okay. 
So we, if we twist that just ever so slightly, that's going to give us a stronger um, wire to solder. And I've got the two, the neutrals uh, together. So one uh, thing, tip that we've been given from the chat room is Dually is saying use one side of the stripper and then your thumbnail and just... Oh, yeah, oh, okay, so you could, too. when it's really, really fine there, like this is 20 to 22 gauge, and it wouldn't even go, it wouldn't even strip that. So, of course, it's, it's uh, you may have to improvise, but it's, uh, it's it works anyways. Yep. Now, with these particular wires, it's, it's one of these weird shielded uh, cables, so uh, what I need to actually do is just use an X-Acto knife or a very fine blade and just scrape ever so gently. My teeth aren't going to cut it here. And as I do that, I can immediately see that it's exposing the, uh, the wires underneath, which I can twist together. And you can see if I can get the camera to focus on it. Let's see if it does. You can see how I've been able to expose the, the blue here, which had that fine coating, uh, as you can see from the lower part of the, the cable. Okay, so, though. yeah, thank you. All right, so let's get a look here. So we've got uh, this long one in the middle here, uh, and you can follow it, but that's going to be the tip. And no, that's not the tip. That's the outer ring. So that is, if we use this, this part here is the long portion here. So this is the neutral. This here is right, so the one in the middle there, and this is left on the tip. So the tip we're going to place on the one that makes contact with the tip, which we can see is this one right here. Okay. This one here is on the second piece, which is the right. And the long one here is the neutral, which is here. If you see an extra line, another black line, that means that your, uh, the, the plug that you've chosen is also compatible with a microphone. Oh, okay. So if you have a, a microphone, uh, you would need to figure out which tip is which and, and make sure that you basically solder to the right pieces. Hmm. Okay? So typically what I'm going to do in a case like this, because it has holes here... I'm going to push that through the hole, I guess from, from either side, but I, I can get just a little bit through the hole, and that's going to just hold it in place for me so that it's kind of there and ready to be soldered. So, Folks, if you're in the chat room, let me know if you can see that okay. I want to make sure. Now, can I try your, your soldering Absolutely. apparatus? Absolutely. So you say that this is going to get hot enough. In about a second and a half. In a second and a half. Yep. I've and used does it, it cool quickly as well? Yeah, it cools off in about uh, four seconds. It's pretty quick. That's nuts. Yeah, okay, I've used mine, it at home several times, so. Okay. I'll just put that in there. See if Now, what would be really, really nice here, Jeff, would be alligator clamps or a helping hand. Right. And what, what I kind of want to show is you don't necessarily need to have all that stuff. It's nice to have it because it would it would help me to hold the the wire Makes in place. Makes it easier. Those are the clamps that uh, you can order those off of Amazon. You can. Uh, well, we thought you could pick them up at a hardware store or something, but we had some trouble, didn't we? Oh, just it doesn't exist. It's painful trying to find them. That's nuts. Okay, so all I've done is I've just kind of lined up that wire there, and let's give this. I want to give this thing a try because this so, is kind of cool. So you push so down hold, the black button. Hold once the black the button. Yep. You got the light on. Oh. You have to hold it. The light yeah. turned off as soon as I let go. So do I hold the black button? Uh, I do believe you do. It's been a while since I've if used If I let it. go, it turns off. So give that a try. I, don't, I, I do believe the light has to be on to heat up. Okay. So let's just see how hot this is getting. <gasps> oh my goodness. Are you serious? I'm serious. I love this thing. <laughs> Note to self. 
This is also toxic fumes, so you probably don't want to breathe this in. Just kind of try to stay away from it. That is amazing. So what we want to do is we want to get just a little bit of solder on the tip here, and that just kind of gets the, uh, the soldering iron ready. You're my fan. I, I'm your fan. And you'll notice I'm just using a, a bamboo cutting board here, and that works just fine. You can use a sponge if you want to, uh, but this is going to get us in. Uh, so what I need to do, it's a little awkward on camera, but I just want to heat up the wire just ever so slightly to prepare it for the solder, and then touch the solder here, and get it in there. And I could prep the, uh, the wire as well. You can see that that's on there now. And we just want to put enough solder that it's going to hold it all together. And this is a conductive uh, solder as well, so this is going to, um, it's going to actually make a connection to that wire. This thing's great. It's cooled off. But I love it. Three AA batteries, you say? Yeah. It's really cheap. And it came go. with the batteries. And it's not much more than the, uh, the one that I bought. That's portable. This, this is indeed awkward without clamps. I would love to have clamps. And I know you're having trouble seeing that, I'm sure, at home. Don't breathe in, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I would just touch a little bit of solder but because it's kind of rolling around here we go. That's okay. There. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jeff, we need clamps. We do need clamps. Yeah. So you don't want to have too much solder and and one note is that okay, that's fine. Um once you've soldered once you may have to add a little bit more solder because there's no more rosin there. Right. So there's nothing that's making it adhere. And by heating up the wire just ever so slightly, uh, I'm making it so that the wire is more receptive to receiving that solder and it's going to kind of wick it up a little bit. Right. And that, that helps it to, uh, to adhere as well. Now, I've got a, a fairly large amount of solder there. I wouldn't normally have that much, but just, uh, that's just the way that it uh, ended up here. Um, so I've got uh, the tip is going to be my green because that's left or could be blue and I can wick that uh, or I can get that wire started here just by adding a little bit of solder to it Jeff do you mind holding down on just push Absolutely. down on that with your finger and <laughs> I'm just going to get a bit of solder on there heat up the wire a bit If you can get those alligator clamps, they're going to make a huge difference for you. The idea is to get it to stick to the, uh, the wire before I stick it on there. This is about the, the world's simplest. Um, there we go. So I got a bit of solder on there. That just kind of gets it ready. The simplest soldering job. Okay. So I can put that on the tip. Just kind of like so. And if you could just hold that down again for mm -hmm. me, Jeff. I want to just kind of drop a little bit of solder on there. 
So now we've got a nice little solder joint there for the tip. And then we've just got one more um, to place here. And that is literally uh, all there is to it. It's ni nice and simple. That's kind of a quick tutorial. The one thing that I just realized, Jeff, that I didn't do, and I want you to remember to do this at home, is I didn't put on the sleeve ahead of time. Right. So I'm going to have to cut that and start over. Redo That's it. okay. I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't hurt, but I want to make sure that that is on there so that I can uh, pull that up and then screw it on. But that's what it's going to look like. Uh, I'm going to finish it up right after the show, but we're completely out of time. But you can see that that's a, a fairly simple thing to do. Um, and the stuff that we're going to be getting into is going to be a, a whole lot more sophisticated than three wires on a pair of headphones. Yes. Uh, but that kind of gives you an idea. Hopefully we're not afraid of solder. Uh, I really like this thing. And we didn't burn the house down. We didn't burn the house down. Uh, I've got a cutting board here just to kind of protect uh, the surface, but it's probably not even necessary once you get a little good at it. Um, I'm not that great, but we'll we'll get good together. Excellent. We didn't even need these. No, we I didn't, didn't even splash you with hot solder. Well, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm gonna go get myself one of these. Check on uh, check on Amazon, see if you can find one of these, and then use our coupon code uh, or our affiliate link on uh, Category5.tv. Mm -hmm. Go to uh, support the show, and you'll see a link for our partners, and then you can follow through to Amazon. Uh, and of course, there are the traditional soldering irons as well. And I even ran an extension cord, Jeff, because I didn't know you're gonna be bringing such a cool little device. This is only uh, it's only six watts, and yep. yet it got hot enough to melt my solder there just fine. Yeah, and quick enough. I mean, yeah. you didn't have to wait for that to heat up even. There were a couple of points there where it didn't want to really stick to the uh, right. to the wire, and it's possible that a hotter iron would help with that. Yes. Um, certainly removing, uh, for something like this, this will work fine. You yep. might have some trouble with this when you're removing uh, existing solder. Yes, I would agree Because it's that. not going to get as hot. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the tricks that you can do with that is keeping in mind that the solder... Um, you don't want to damage the electronic components. Right. So say I'm removing a chip. The amount of time it would take me to hold the soldering iron to the bottom of that chip to remove it would probably damage the board, the chip. So that can be uh, a problem. So what you do is first heat up some solder on the iron itself, mm -hmm. then touch it to that. And that solder, because the solder is so uh, hot, it gets a better contact okay. with the existing solder joint. And you're going to be able to pull that off a lot easier uh, with less potential for damage to the, uh, to the components. Um, but I, and I did notice that it wasn't quite as hot as I was trying to do the uh, uh, attach the solder to the uh, to the wire, and you probably noticed that. But it definitely worked well. I yeah. like that. That's cool. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Uh, send us your emails with your questions. Uh, if you've got some ideas, things that you'd like us to solder together, <laughs> that'd be cool. Uh, and in the meantime, thank you so Why much. Why am I fearing those emails? Yeah. Please put these together. Can no. You, can you stick? two pens together <laughs> there's somebody out there there is that will email that to yeah. us <laughs> we could put like, like this came with five why don't we attach all five of them <laughs> like an <laughs> octo headphone oh good times That's all the time we got all right thanks Jeff and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody who's watching yes. and even Merry if Christmas. you're not watching Merry Christmas to you how did you get this message but uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Hope everybody has a, a wonderful season. We will be back live again next Tuesday night. Kelsey Jensen is going to be joining us. Also, Sasha Dermatis. That's nice. what happens, folks, when it's a holiday.
Excellent. Right? So uh, we'll talk to you uh, on the 29th. And in the meantime, Jeff, good to see you, man. You too. And well done on uh, camera and hosting tonight. I like push the buttons and everything. Your award is this pen, which That's was my already... pen. It was, yes. Oh. But there you go. That's a nice Congratulations. Pen. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too. Take care, everybody. See ya. <laughs> See ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. And try this again, and this time I'm going to put that on, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs>